When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. I'm Brittany. And I'm Heather. Welcome to OKS Moms, the podcast. A place to be more than just mom. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our dystopian future. (laughs) We come to you after the grim news of the leak, which I guess it's not all that grim because technically there is still time for something to happen. Yeah. I'm fucking mad. I <laughs> Who knew that in like 2022 we would be reverting back to the 1950s? Well, I know I understand your shock, but we all knew. <laughs> they we knew. They told us exactly what they were going to do. And if you listen closely, they're telling us again because first they're going to come after Roe v. Wade, next they're going to go after Obergefell which is same-sex marriage, and then they're going to go for Griswold, which is the right to birth control. They are telling us exactly what they're doing, and it's time to listen. And some angel even leaked it early, for us, so we really know exactly what they're Bless doing. Bless that person. Bless them. I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. It's just, it's upsetting. It, it feels like. We are just headed for, like you said, a dystopian future. I can't, I just cannot wrap my head around the fact that a small minority of religious folks are so influential that they get to tell us what to do with our bodies. Like it's, it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. Well, and the fascinating part of it is that in Judaism, it is not, abortion is not forbidden. It's just Christianity. Right. (laughs) Literally one religion. Islam. In a country that is freedom of religion. It it makes no sense. So these are truly Christian values that are being imposed on our whole country. And again, I mean, this is not reinventing the wheel here, but it cannot be said enough. If you don't want an abortion, don't get one. It is, it should be, right. it should have been codified years ago, so this wasn't even up for debate, but here we are. And I, I just heard this morning that they're, they are going to put a vote through to Congress next week. It, they do not have the votes to pass it and put Rover, to put the right to an abortion in the Constitution, make an amendment so that it is in stone. Um, they don't have the votes. It's not going to go through. But at least this way, we can force everyone to pick a side, which I think is imperative with the midterm election coming up in November. Some of us, there are runoffs um, or primaries in June. And it it's so important now more than ever to vote, know who you're voting for, all the way down to your local representatives. And I, I keep hearing over and over, why, why do you care? You... <laughs> You have two kids. Your husband has a vasectomy. You're not going to be pregnant again, in theory. But I mean, like, first of all, life circumstances change and I'm not that old. So like in theory, mm-hmm. in some like alternate universe, I could be pregnant again. But also I have a daughter. I have, there are other women in this world who are not in as fortunate of a position as I am. And it's not about me. It's about all of the other women and sticking up for those other women and making sure that they have the right to bodily autonomy and whatever kind of future they choose for themselves. And it's not always a choice. Like this is such a nuanced topic. I mean, when you have a miscarriage, technically you have an abortion. This, this law, this revoking this law 
is going to have so many consequences for so many women, including women dying because they can't get the healthcare that they need. It's so upsetting. And I, like you said, you need to vote. We need to fight for voting rights because making it harder to vote is the last thing we need right now. Um, and I just, I, ugh. well, and I, you bring up a good point with the miscarriage because it is one in four women who have a miscarriage. I had a miscarriage before Isla was born. It was very, very early on. Everything happened quote naturally. So I didn't need any kind of medical intervention, but to think that that wouldn't be available to me is just completely for a pregnancy that was very much wanted and planned. And to think that my life would have been prioritized over something the side of a poppy seed is just, it, it, it boggles the mind. And when you have something like a DNC where they have to go in and like remove the, the fertilized embryo or whatever it is at that stage, or you have an ectopic pregnancy where it implants in the fallopian tube, which is very dangerous. It, those are all the things that are on the table of being removed because life at any cost, right? Except for the woman's life. It's just. And here's the, the thing that really boggles my mind is we, this, this minority of people are very interested in saving the life of the baby, but give zero shits about maternal mental health or healthcare in general, or kids in the foster care system. It, it's very convenient to advocate for something that doesn't have a voice. And I just think too, that it's really unfair that a lot of women are now being forced again to tell their stories and relive their trauma when just to prove that this is something that's needed. And that, that just feels so sick to me. And men are, men have stories to tell as well. And they should be shouting them from the rooftops right now saying that this is not just a woman's issue when, I mean, hello, we know how this right. works. There's always a man involved. And this is requiring them one, to not take any responsibility or two, to take all of the burden and sorrow over it off of them and putting it so, solely on women's shoulders, which it's not. And so reach out to local organizations, see if you can donate, see if you can help, if they need volunteers, find a protest. I know there's some all over the place if that's something you're comfortable doing. I know not everybody is open to that. Or call your local representatives because they're voting. Probably like right now, now that I think about it, we're recording this ahead of time for once. And so also you can look up your local abortion fund. Um, often they have shirts and merch that you can buy that uh, is actually really cute. And it, the money goes directly to help saving women's reproductive rights. I don't think they've announced a date of when they're doing the vote, but even if you miss the vote, we know that we know it's not going to pass, but reach out to your local senators, your state representatives, your Congress people, and tell them that this is not what you want because there is still time, even if this vote next week pass, doesn't pass, there is still time to make your opinion heard. And I know it's so easy to think it doesn't matter, but it, it does. They do have to take every call, every email and log it and like make it is heard and maybe not on the scale we'd like, but it is, it is important. Yeah. I mean, chances are you love someone who has had an abortion. And you probably don't even know because these are the kinds of things we aren't allowed to say. Anyways, let's talk about our favorite coping skill, <laughs> TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's come back with that after this quick break. Our sponsor, Haya, is back. Haya is a daily children's multivitamin that arrives fresh with a 30-day supply and a refillable glass bottle your kids can decorate and personalize. After that, you'll receive a no-plastic refill pouch sent monthly right to your doorstep. Haya isn't your typical candy-like vitamin either. It contains no sugar added but still has 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to support immunity, growth, and development. 
It's also dairy-free, gluten-free, vegan, and made right here in the U.S. For a limited time, your first order is just $15, a $15 savings, and shipping is free. To get this deal, go to okayismoms.com slash Haya. That's okayismoms.com slash H-I-Y-A. There are two certainties in a mom's life, dishes and laundry. If you're like us, then your washing machine and dishwasher are putting in overtime every day. Shox makes effective, eco-friendly, and convenient household cleaning products from laundry pods, they're the original creators, to dishwasher detergent and more. They've got your home covered. Drops detergent pods are tough enough to handle any stains your kids can throw at them, including those grass stains. Remove odors, yet are still gentle on fabric. They do all of this without any harsh chemicals. Drops uses plant-based ingredients and is dye, phosphate, phthalate, and paraben-free. They come in a variety of light, crisp scents or unscented too. What caught our eye the most is that Drops is committed to being eco-responsible. Packaging is designed to reduce waste, single-use plastic, and unnecessary shipping materials. Drops has kept nearly 3.5 million single-use plastic detergent containers, tubs, and jugs from polluting waterways. You can even further reduce your carbon footprint by saving yourself a trip to the store when you sign up for the subscribe and save option, so you never run out of a reason to do laundry again. New customers can save 25% off their first order of drops with code OKEST25. And existing Drops customers can get 15% off with code OKEST15 at drops.com. That's D-R-O-P-P-S dot com. Okay, we're back. What have you been watching lately? Oh, so many things. But I have to talk about my, my most current favorite. So on HBO Max, there is a show called Winning Time. And it is about... The LA Lakers. I don't particularly love basketball. I certainly don't like the Lakers. I love the show. <laughs> That's it. Those are exactly my hangups. That's why I haven't <laughs> watched it. <laughs> okay, but let me tell you the plus sides. We've got John C. Riley as Dr. Bus, the owner oh of the franchise who turned it around. I love John C. Riley, and he is just, I, I love him. He's so great. He's a ball um, of joy. <laughs> We've got an actor whose name I do not know who's, who is playing Magic Johnson. He is so good. All the, all the actors are so, so good. And it is an HBO show. They are taking full, full allowances of an HBO show. And so it's sex, oh, drugs, like everything. Swinging dicks and stuff. <laughs> I mean, there has only been one in the locker room. But <laughs> as usual... As usual, it is mostly women naked, of course, because HBO, but um, it's just, it's really, really good. And it's really funny. And so it's set in the seventies. And so there are parts where they'll like cut to like a grainy seventies camera filter or something. And it's just, it's really good. And then we also found, which parallels this on Apple TV. Is it Apple Plus TV? Apple Plus. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't know. App, yes, an Apple original. <laughs> There's a docuseries called They Call Me Magic. And so, of course, I ha- I'm like fully deep diving on everything Lakers. And so we had to watch it. So we're seeing like flashbacks and clips of like the real people who are in the show. The casting is, it's like they've cloned people. It is so good. and. Even these, I mean, obviously like, we knew what Magic Johnson looked like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but the like people on the front office are, it's like they're, they're clones. It's so, it's so, it just made it, making me love Winning Time even more. Is it a show or a, a miniseries? Um, I think it's like one of those like limited release shows yeah, or something. Okay. So I don't think it's going to be coming back, but I don't know, who knows? I would love if I watched it is, it's really funny. And it also grapples with like women's rights in the seventies because his daughter wants to work for the team and she ultimately, she's now currently the owner. So it's, and it's how she like grapples with that. And so there's a lot more to it. It's not just like the Lakers. Okay, fine. Um, mine. 
Okay, my first one is on Apple TV Plus, whatever. And it is called Severance. This is one of the best shows I've watched this year. It has, um, oh my God, what's his name? Speaking of John C. Riley, Adam Scott. Adam Scott in it. And it is, I mean, this is totally goes along with our theme of dystopian future right now. But <laughs> I mean, that's cropping up everywhere. Everywhere. Very relatable content. Um, he it works for this company that is created this severance procedure. So basically, you are your work self and your everyday self are like severed from each other. So like at work, you don't remember anything about your family or like anything in your normal life. As soon as you walk into the building, it's very interesting concept and it's very good. I don't want to give anything away, but it's, it's a good one. AJ has started watching this on his own. I wasn't like, I'm not like not interested in it. It's just, there's other things I'd rather watch. And so he started it without me. He is determined I would not like it, but mm, it's I don't like, know. I don't know. I think it's such an interesting concept that you might. I don't know. I said I was willing to give it a shot for one episode and like try it out, but he could not be bothered to wait and had to start. <laughs> so the train has left the station. I'm kind of over it. It's not when you watch by yourself. It's not like a binge one you know yeah I don't know I'm I think I probably wouldn't like it I think he's right because I just there's enough stress going on like I yeah I don't need more stress I mean the audience may recall I literally could only watch three episodes of Handmaid's Tale because I could I could not (laughs) sleep (laughs) and everybody laughed at me and look what's happening now well that's too real as well Um, also on Apple TV plus is we crashed, which I have not finished. We're only again, not like a bingeable show. (laughs) We've only watched one episode and it's kind of fallen off. So I'm, this is, I'm like indifferent to the show, but you guys watched it, right? No, we haven't. Um, I was kind of like after inventing Anna and you know, like all of the, yeah, like, I'm just kind of burned out on the, the scammers artist situation. Well, and then the Theranos show came out yeah. again. Right. Like, I, I can't watch anymore. I already Theranos. watched the first two and listened to the podcast. Why do we need another Right. <laughs> I, I, I did not understand why they did another one, but I did not partake. But yeah, we watched out. it. We watched that one after inventing Anna and kind of, I love Jared Leto, though. And so yeah. I, I did enjoy him. I'm... Kind of like lukewarm on Anne Hathaway, but I feel like this is the role she was born to play. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know if that we're going to come back to it. We'll we'll see. I feel like we've really been off of our TV game because of freaking sports is just dragging yeah. me down. So, I meant to say that at the beginning, and we just got back from traveling, and like I just yeah I was really trying to rack my brain. Like, what the hell have I been watching? Yeah. So I feel like my t- my TV time is very limited these days, so if I don't like it initially right off the bat, mm. I'm out. Yeah. Precious, precious moments. Exactly. But I know one we both have been watching is Selling Sunset. Oh my god. I <laughs> I binge that so quickly. See, because I have like two categories of shows. There's the shows I watch with AJ, and then there are the shows that I watch on my own. The shows I watch on my own, I can get through much faster. <laughs> They are much more joyful. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where so, do we begin with Selling Sunset? It hasn't gotten worse. This is what, season three? Or is this like the second half of season? Two and a half? I don't yeah. really understand. I don't understand. They, continue, they kept filming, but they split up the season into different seasons. Season. Right. Does that make sense? So... Well, it's from Adam DeVello. Is that his name? Who did The Hills. No, oh, yeah. And so, I mean, you know it's all fake. You know it's like 99.9% fake. No, no, no. I think it's all real. <laughs> I think. I found this girl on TikTok who actually works at the Oppenheim Group. And, but she's not on camera. 
because there are like legitimate agents who like it is an actual business okay that's good to know (laughs) i don't think many of the ones who are featured on the show actually have those listings no i don't know maybe but that might be like their only listing of the year or something because they're focused on the show more than they're focused on well with a 20 million dollar home sounds great i'll sell one of those and live live large (laughs) right i know uh, Christine is just so much. She She's going went, down. Really went all in in her villain role this season, right? Like too far in. She had yeah. no redeeming qualities. Didn't she, show up for things. It was just. Uh, it was she her cooked, demise. She cooked her goose. She cooked her goose. Okay, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> she leaned too hard into the villain role and lost all likability. The to be a good villain on a reality show, there has to be something we like about you. Yeah, it's true. And you know like, what? Teresa, she's got her daughters. Her daughters. <laughs> I I did really like the new girl though. But she's like yes, Chelsea. Bestie. Chelsea, yes. I saw a yeah. meme that was like them side by side with Sharon Dion and I just can't I just see that all the time now I love it so much it was pretty spot on I think she's I she played it well because Christine was her in but I think she also recognizes the sinking ship and she's she's jumped (laughs) yeah I think so oh and then we know Chriselle and Jason we knew before the season even started oh yeah I do for sure Really? Yeah. Oh, well, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> There's no way that was real. How how could he go from like, no, I never want kids to like, yeah, let's fertilize some eggs. No. Well, okay. I think that maybe was exaggerated, but I do think that they were together and they were talking about the future in that way. Okay. But never actually went to an appointment. No, I don't think that's no. Okay, I could be on board with that. But also, he still, like, is a forever bachelor, so what does it matter? Also, Spoiler alert. Also, he is a lot shorter than her, and that's... He's like, four feet tall. <laughs> that's... That's, that's a deal breaker for you, huh? It is. I mean, at 5'9", yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, all also, these women are, like, normal size, but they wear six-inch heels, so that's... <laughs> Right. I just, if you just didn't wear heels. Yeah. (laughs) Um, also on Netflix, which I feel like the hype has kind of come and gone from this, but we never got to talk about it. The ultimatum. Mm -hmm. I binged the shit out of that. I did not expect to like it as much as I did. No, me neither. It's such a stupid concept. It's so stupid. (laughs) Oh my God. And Nick and Vanessa are just hitching their train that every reality show netflix has to offer apparently uh, who's had a bigger year nick and vanessa or the qr code <laughs> like they're everywhere all of a sudden <laughs> oh my god i so <laughs> i don't even know what to say i can't remember any of their names i just know they were basically all dumpster fires well okay so colby whose name I remember because he always wore the cowboy oh. hat. So how could you forget? Oh my God. That- By the reunion, they were married because they got married like that day and pregnant. So, and they were like the ones at the beginning where I was like, they're not going to make it for sure. So <sighs> yeah, it's, it's really a surprise what happens in the end. Um, I read something about how they filmed that. Um, Basically, they were all found on Instagram and they all thought it was a hoax, but obviously still went to like the casting call or whatever. Right. Um, and during the time they were living with the other person, maybe we should explain how this worked. During the time they were living with the other person, they were still like working full time jobs. And that's why like filming. Yeah, they did mention here. that. Yeah, but. So if you haven't watched, the ultimatum is basically these couples. One of them wants to get married. The other one does not. And they go on the show and they basically start dating 
another person and have to live with them for three weeks and then they go back to live with their original significant other for three weeks i know it sounds stupid <laughs> but it's but you're gonna love it but it's so good <laughs> and when you watch it tell us your thoughts well, what I thought was so dumb, too, is how they kept saying, like, well, I dated other people. It's like, no, you talk to somebody for 30 minutes on the side of the pool. You do not date them. <laughs> It's yeah. equal parts ridiculous and entertaining, which is the sweet spot. They they got yeah. it right. And it really was a roller coaster with a lot of their personalities. Like, I go from loving someone to hating them to loving right. them to hating them. So... Yes. Another good. one that came out that we talked about, I think probably on Instagram, but missed here. Bridgerton, the second season. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I mean, that first season is going to be hard to top, obviously. But I felt like it was pretty good. Yeah, I liked the new additions. <laughs> the night it came out, um, Ajax, oh, are we going to watch Bridgerton? <laughs> I don't know. Like, if we, if you want to watch something else, it's fine. Well, I can watch it on my own. And he got so offended <laughs> that I would watch it without him. He's like, I loved it. <laughs> so, I'm, Bridgerton's for all. I mean, hey, you like what you like. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it, too. I thought it was good. I didn't read the books. I told myself I would before the second season came out. But, you know, here we are. Yeah, I don't know... If that's my style of book to read. Yeah, I don't love a romance. No. I mean, like, I'll watch it. But also, part of watching it is, like, the visual yeah. aspect of it, too. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to have the same oomph on a page. Oomph. But maybe. Well, I say that because apparently people who read the second book were disappointed in the season because so much was changed. Uh, well, yeah, and that so much of that happens all the time, too, and always makes me mad, so. Yeah, yeah. I'll just stick with the show. So, actually, I, uh, this relates to my next one I watched called Pieces of Her, and it was based on a book, and the story was good. It got kind of repetitive toward the end. It's like a, not true crime, but kind of like an action thriller, um, story where the mom was involved in some crazy shit in her past life the daughter knew nothing about it and basically like goes on this journey to learn all about her mom's past so I watched that and then I read the book very different and also the book I felt like was boring compared to the show so Hmm. I do not recommend doing the show than book (laughs) what is this on um netflix oh okay um i also have a netflix show that is kind of like a guilty pleasure watch i don't know i'm kind of embarrassed to say i watched it but you know what i enjoyed it so i don't care it's called young and hungry and it started (laughs) on no shut up Um, remember when i said that younger was really good and you're like "Mm, i like it and then you loved it so yeah said oh never seen it (laughs) it started on like freeform or whatever that channel that channel's been like so many things so i don't know okay i really had no idea what it was and i thought it was like a a reality show where you're like like survivor style or something no it's like (laughs) a stupid 30 minute sitcom and it's okay okay kim whitley is on it so and she's hilarious um the main character is, oh gosh, I can't remember her name, but her, Emily Osment is her name, that, which is Haley Joel Osment's sister. Oh. And she is also the best friend on Hannah Montana. Oh. But she's like older now. Last from the past. Yeah. So she's a chef in San Francisco who, like a personal chef, and she works for this like tech billionaire and they like... She sleeps with him on the very first day because she, before she starts the job, she doesn't know it's him. She's she's, young and hungry. Right. And so it's about like, and she wants to be this really successful show. I'm pretty sure it's based on a blog, like a, Hmm. like long, long ago, early blog. 
um, of the same name, but I could be wrong. But it's really dumb. It's like the show you put on in the background while you're like folding laundry or like it's very like predictable and like campy and you know what's going to happen. But like the storyline is compelling enough to keep you going. So. Nice. Um, should we talk about Summer House? Let's. Let's let's portion into the, into the Bravo universe. Wait, before we do that, I do have one non-Bravo show I have okay, to share. Do it. It's called Abbott Elementary. It's on ABC. It is so funny. If you have been a teacher, are a teacher, been in a classroom, I'm trigger warning. <laughs> it's very <laughs> real. And it's but it's also just really funny. And can't recommend it enough. It's cute too. Yeah. I I love that show. Okay, bravo. Hey, Summer House. Can you believe that Kyle and Amanda actually got married? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, there that was gonna happen no matter what. I if nothing, if it they hadn't I mean they were engaged for like three years. So if right. <laughs> that wasn't gonna stop it, nothing was. Even the fact that they got COVID two weeks before. I know. I I don't know. I want to root for them, but I don't know. It's going to be Kyle against her parents. It's going to be a lot. I feel like it's a marriage between Kyle, Amanda, and Amanda's parents. I I think they're just for the wedding. I think they're too involved. at their house. I mean, they're right. going to be involved. Yeah, but even before, like, remember when he cheated on her and then like <sighs> he had to go to dinner with the parents and it was like, you need to tell them and you need to, like, confront them about it. And like, well, yeah, that's shit's embarrassing. And to have to explain that to your parents, make, make him do it if he really wants right. to be with her. I, I don't know. I, I think they're too involved. No. Oh. I think Kyle's a dick. (laughs) I think it's on him. He will make or break that marriage. Well, he's got, they never signed the prenup, so he's got some incentive to keep it alive. (laughs) I guess so. Good for her. (laughs) But we have Carl and Lindsay. Official. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm worried about his sobriety. Yeah, he's come, Carl's come so far, worked on himself so much, Mm. and is a completely different person. And Lindsay is not. (laughs) evidenced by Hot Hub Summer. Oh my God. She's a hot fucking mess, and I'm worried she's going to rip his heart out and stomp all over it. And she's going to hubs everywhere, and it's not going to be great. She's going to splooge her hubs everywhere. (laughs) Oh. Lots of dick jokes today. What's going on? (laughs) Wow, that was a graphic one. I have. (laughs) So um, I had to Google his name because he was like barely in the show, but he was on the show. Protein Alex, you know, (laughs) I and I Google one pound of turkey. Yeah, one full pound of turkey every day. And (laughs) so at the top of Google, there's like you can click and see pictures of every um, cast member there's ever been on Summer House. He's the only one not on there. Like, <laughs> wow. So he's forgotten by Google as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He should get a publicist to get on that. No, I know. Well, I'm interested <laughs> to see the reunion because apparently he has some good one liners. Have you not watched the first part? Is it on? What do you mean? It's already up? For- yeah. Oh. oh, wait, maybe not. No, just kidding. That was a preview I saw. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long preview. It felt like a whole episode. Oh, I gotta watch that. Anything else to say about Summer House? Mm. Oh, Craig. And uh, Paige. <gasps> I, I like it. You do? I like it. I, I love Craig. I know that's wrong. I love Craig. No wrong. <laughs> I like Paige a lot. I don't... I think Paige can 
mold him and handle him properly. God, I hope so. I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. I'm just tired of all these crossovers. Like, stay, stay in your lane. <laughs> right. Who else is there? Oh, do you want to talk about Luke? No. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> okay. He's boring. Get him off. He's so boring. Have you been watching Candy and the Gang? No, I haven't yet. It's on my list. How is it? It's good. There are a lot of characters. And it's basically Vanderpump Rules. Oh. But with Candy in Candy's restaurants. Um, it's interesting because I have heard tell that they're not like the greatest establishments and they're not. (laughs) (laughs) The rumors are true. (laughs) The rumors are true. And of course, in true candy fashion, she's got like every relative ever working in every aspect of the restaurant. And so it's, it's a good one. I'm not like, it's not an instant winner for me, but Mm. it's, it's got potential. Yeah. I like it. I like the idea of her in like a Lisa Vanderpump role. Yeah, but it's her and Todd, and I mm. I could have less Todd. Yeah, I could always have less Todd. <sighs> but Real Housewives of Atlanta is back. Oh my god. Have you watched the first episode? I have watched the first half. I fell asleep. It was after our trip. I was trying so hard to catch up and I fell asleep. But how could thought, you fall asleep in that episode? No, it's only because I was Marlo exhausted. has a peach. She, oh. <laughs> Did you see her photo on Instagram wearing all the photos? It was like a dress made out of the photos of her as a friend of. <laughs> only Marlo. And oh my God, I'm here for it. I'm so I excited. I love her. One, to see her with her nephews that she's, I don't know if she's fully adopted them, but she's caring for them, and I, I love her. She's the best. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good season. Have you been watching Below Deck Sailing yet? I have. I'm, I'm into it. I'm a fan. I love all Below Deck, no matter what's happening, even when it's boring. I just love that show so much. Agreed. Remind me. Okay, so there's like three on right now. <laughs> Remind me who the chef is on Sailing Yacht. He is Venezuelan. Okay. Yes. That I yes. like that guy. Yes. There's a lot happening on that one. Yeah. We have Daisy and um his name. A douchebag. I know who you're talking about. Um it's like an old man name. <laughs> what is his name? Whatever. But also Below Deck, is it Below Deck Australia or Below Deck Down Under? Oh. I don't know. But I'm loving Asia. I'm loving that one. That chef's a lunatic. Lunatic. Asia's an (laughs) angel. What is wrong with him? Really is. I don't, how could you not get along with Asia? Well, he's never worked on. A super yacht before, obviously, because he's like, oh, these guests are going to eat when I say they are. And it's like, oh, no, that's not crazy. how this works. Listen, I've watched like 20 seasons of this. There's no <laughs> way that this attitude is going to fly, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, he's never seen the show. All right, let's move on to what we're reading. I know you've been on an audible tear lately. I have, which is why my podcast listening is suffering, but. It's fine. So, like I mentioned earlier, I listened to that um, pieces of her by Karen Slaughter. (laughs) Exactly the kind of book you think somebody like that would write. Um, Is that a pen name, you think? Probably. I would assume. (laughs) Or she just knew what her lot in life was. Um, And it was just okay. I've heard, I I don't remember what group it was. It doesn't matter. That her books are, her other books are better than that one. But for some reason, this was the one made into a Netflix series. I don't, I don't understand. Who makes these decisions? I, I'd love to know. Um, but one I did read that I loved was called Verity. 
by Colleen Hoover and it's suspenseful. It's about this woman who is basically down on her luck, just lost her mom. She's a writer um, and gets a job uh, writing under the pen name of a famous author. And she basically has to go and like live in her house and she finds out the author is actually still alive. She's just like a vegetable. And her husband and son like help her start writing. And there's like some crazy shit that happens in this big gigantic house. <laughs> okay. It's good. It's really good. I just read Good Company by Cynthia, I'm not gonna say that's right. Dupree Sweeney. And do you remember the book The Nest? Mm, sounds familiar. She's the same author, so it's not not mm. a sequel necessarily, but it's a similar style of book. It's about um, this woman who's a Broadway actress in New York, and she meets her best friend and her husband through being in theater, and they... It's, it's hard to explain. Like, a lot... I don't want to explain too much and give it away, but it, she ends up finding her husband's wedding ring that he said he lost. And so she is confronted with that while her daughter, her only daughter is graduating high school and like flying the nest. And so like, she's like at this turning point in her life and it's Hmm. about her decision. It was pretty good. I liked it. I remember. So this is my problem with books. I will remember a book, like the cover of the title and I'll, I won't remember anything about it, but I'll remember if I liked it. Yeah. No, me too. It's really hard to like recall and explain it. <laughs> so I read The Nest and I knew I liked it. And so I'm like, oh, I'll like this one too. And it's the same style of writing, of course. And it was both were very good. Highly recommend both of those. What was that one called? Good Company. Cool. Um, another one I just finished that I loved, like top five books of my life is called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And it's about this woman who basically sells her soul to the devil and is forced to live forever, but no one remembers her name. So (laughs) it starts in like 1787 and goes through to like modern day. And it has all these historical events and people like ingrained throughout. Um, And it's just, it's really good. Um, on Audible, I have been listening to because I like to listen to my nonfiction and physically hold a fiction book. Who has the time? (laughs) Listen, you find it where you want it. Okay. Um, also, if you don't want to talk to people at sports practices, a physical (gasps) book is the way to do it because people will interrupt you on your phone. I found or AirPods. Yeah. Right. But if you're holding a real book, they will not talk to you. Oh, good to know. Okay. It's called Finding Find Your Unicorn Space by Eve Rodsky. She wrote Fair Play, which is a book about fairly distributing household labor with your partner. And in Fair Play, she talks about like one of the cards you have to play. Because the whole theory of Fair Play is that there's a deck of cards that lists every household responsibility and you deal the deck and it may not be like the same number of cards but it should be the same like effort value of like the, it should be equal in some way and one of the cards both people have to play is their unicorn space which is something that you can share with the world that brings you joy which could be work but does not have to be work it's so it's like if you love like playing guitar or something like that, then like that's your, because it brings you joy. It brings you creativity, which then replenishes your soul, your worth, whatever. And then you can bring that back into your role as husband, wife, caregiver, worker, whatever. So not necessarily a new concept. I feel like this has been kind of like floating around for a while, but what she wrote this book post pandemic. So the whole first chapter is about how like women got dumped on. We like, and the reason we're suffering is because we've all lost our unicorn space. And so 
that's what I feel like makes this book different because it does have, I feel like it's the first post pandemic perspective and emphasizes how important it is and how like when all the kids were home and we were homeschooling and working over zoom and all that, like the unicorn space was the first thing to go and how we're all collectively feeling what feeling the loss of that and realizing how important it is. So I'm still in the middle of it, not all the way through. Kind of lost interest because it's kind of a bummer to remember that part, I know. part of our lives, but still good. Oh, gosh. Yep. That sounds relatable. Well, and I love that it's not just about women, too, because I think something I have seen is that men also need this time, too. They suck at finding it for themselves. It becomes a job for us women to, like, find it for them and force them to do it. And they need it just as much as we do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, my last one called To Paradise by Hanya Yanagahara. Hope I said that right. And it is a, a very fucking long book, but it is good. So it's split up into three sections and it's basically it, the whole thing centers on gay men and the first book is like pre god i can't even i don't even know early 1800s like early america and it's this reimagined america where like the north is um gay marriage is allowed Mm -hmm. there um it's really interesting and then the second book is during like the aids pandemic in the same area basically the thread throughout these three books it's the same um house and it's was kind of confusing because they reuse names too so it kind of makes you think that these people are Mm -hmm. related but it turns out it's just supposed to be a like an illustration of chaos theory which that's going deep but anyway and then the third book is um the future i can't remember the year exactly like 2090 or something and basically it's plague after pandemic and this like dystopian universe that we live in because of all of the bad decisions made in the previous years in the United States and it is so good but like I said so long so definitely recommend is it listening. three separate books or three separate sections basically, in the book basically yeah but the author has never commented on that so it's just like a lot of speculation I did a lot of googling afterward but the third book was the longest and that was my favorite part the other two were good like well written all that but the third book is the the good part in my opinion all right i have not i feel like i don't have anything new and exciting that i'm listening to i'm i'm sticking with my old i've been sticking with my uh old tried and trues i it's my my listening has listening time has dwindled so i only have time for my usuals my pantsuit politics my pod save america that's pretty much it (laughs) yeah me too i but i did want to mention um one that i've listened to in the past i okay like a month ago i went on a tangent on instagram about true crime and how i think it's gotten really icky as far as like the culture of it and how many podcasts there are about it and how we talk about victims. And so I kind of, during the pandemic, fell off from my true crime obsession. Um, Mostly because of all those reasons, but also because everything was so dark then, I didn't need any more darkness. (laughs) Um, But I did want to mention one that has always been good. It's called Something Was Wrong. And we actually met... Tiffany Reese, the host at the conference we just went to. And this one is different because she centers victim stories. Um, It's not like a voyeuristic, like background on the killer and his trauma and all that stuff. It's, it's a true crime docuseries about trauma and recovery from shocking life events and abusive relationships. And the victims actually are interviewed and tell their story so it's if you're into true crime this is one that doesn't feel as key 
And Tiffany is delightful. So it's if so I delightful. were to listen to true crime, it would be that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but that's about it. I'm listening to the Wicked soundtrack nonstop because I just found out that they're going to make a movie out of it. Actually, two movies. How have they not already? It was scheduled for 2021, but the pandemic pushed it back. But Ariana Grande uh, is going to play Glinda. Uh, it's going to be uh, good. Is it going to be on TV? Or is it going to be a movie? I think it's, it's a movie. Like, I don't know. Unclear. It's, it's not, not going to be like 2023, so. Okay. It's not good. Remember how like NBC was doing those live performances for a while? It's not going to be like that, is it? No, no. It's okay, a movie. good. Actual movie. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. That is all I have. We would love it so much if you could take the time now to subscribe to our podcast and rate and review us. It truly means so much to us. It helps other people find us. It helps us get other sponsorships and it keeps this little machine running. Follow us on Instagram. Um, yeah, we'll see you next time. If you like what you just heard, and we hope you do, you can find more of us online at www.okistmoms.com. We're also on all social media platforms, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at OKEstMomsBlog. Or, if you want to, you can send us an email at hey at OKEstMoms.com. As moms, our calendars really revolve around our kids' schedules. We're the cruise directors for their school activities, extracurriculars, and social lives, on top of all the other stuff we have going on for ourselves. Summer is just around the corner, which means even more coordination of camps, activities, family time, vacations, and more. If you've followed us for a while, you know of our undying love for the Essential Calendar. The Essential Calendar allows you to easily see three months at a glance, making planning easier and seamless. Just imagine if you could see all of summer break in one place without flipping calendar pages. Or that black hole between Halloween and New Year's. Plus, the minimalist design fits with any aesthetic. I actually just sat down and wrote out all of the upcoming baseball and softball games and practices on my essential calendar. I thought I could wing it and get to it when I got to it, but then I showed up to a practice a half an hour late and realized I actually can't function without my essential calendar. Digital calendars are great, but there's something about seeing it all together in one spot that just makes so much more sense for my brain. If you're feeling like you're drowning trying to get organized now that all the activities are back, grab the summer break and autumn calendar bundle to get things on track. Go to okayismoms.com slash essential to get 10% off your order. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.